Hi everyone,、uh, welcome to my podcast. My name is David, and I'm an MSW student at UC Berkeley.、Um, in each episode, I'll be talking about social work,、uh, graduate school, productivity, or self-care, and I hope that you get a better sense of what social workers do, and ultimately consider social work as a career.、Um, this is a very hard but fulfilling profession, and Call me biased, but I love what I do. I love social work. So let's begin. So in today's episode, I want to talk about self-care again,、um, and talking about self-care in the workplace. Right?、Uh, I think. Self-care in the workplace is always emphasized in social work, right? But it's not the way it's practiced varies between people, and the truth is that there's just not enough time to practice self-care at work, just given the caseload that you have, the documentation that comes with it, the Coordination of care between other service providers, assuming, of course, that the clients have signed an ROI, a release of information for you to talk to the providers. If not, that itself is a whole another beast to tackle. So, yeah, a lot of nuances in social work, as you can see.、Um, so, going back to、uh, Self-care in the workplace, right? I think、um, agencies.、Um, well, maybe agencies don't have to do anything, but I think it's really important、um, to talk about social work, right, with your coworkers who are social workers, right? Talk about not just the work itself that you're doing. With the client, right? But talk about what's going on in social work, right? Talk about the latest trends in social work. Talk about interesting articles that you've read about social work. Talk about your your experiences in the MSW program,、um, your lived experiences, if you have any.、Um, have a conversation, right? And. Have a conversation about social work. I、uh, feel very thankful that recently I was able to have a daily conversation with my coworker, who's at LCSW, about social work, whether it's school, whether it's a reading, whether it's a topic related to social work, whether it's A casual conversation that's intellectually stimulating about a a、uh, social work、uh, dilemma. So, in other words, ethical dilemma,、um, or just the way they describe themselves as social workers, right? Recently, I had a conversation with 
my coworker about how the coworker would describe their social work style, right? And I got a very interesting response. Uh, I got the sense from my coworker that, hey, this coworker is a very classic social worker, right? Uh, and what I mean by that is that uh, they follow the rules, they follow the regulations, they document everything, they discuss ethical dilemmas with their supervisor, um, and at the same time, they're balancing all those regulations with with the principles of trauma-informed care, person-centered care, uh, and the code of ethics, right? The NASW code of ethics. How do we make sure that we continue to promote the client's self-determination when they have high levels of acuity, right? So meaning that they're super activated, they're anything you can say to them, they're just gonna explode, right? It's, it's a lot of challenges that comes with social work. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you begin, right? I think, you know, simply having a conversation and just getting that started could be a very enriching uh, experience for you. And it could change the way that you look at your scope of practice, right? And how to do your work ethically as a social worker, right? I've learned a lot of good habits from my coworker um, on how to resolve ethical dilemmas, right? Yes, it's about talking to your supervisor first, but also it's about knowing when to also take it a step further, right? And to be able to talk to the director of the program about what's going on with a particular client. It's about trying to be mindful of of the of the existing hierarchy, right? And uh, and doing what you can to to follow it. Uh, so that later you can have the back of of your supervisor, right? What am I trying to say? Like, so that the supervisor has your back, right? Whenever there's a ethical dilemma that that could put your license on the line, right? Um, you know, when it comes to discuss discussing uh, PHIs, right? Uh, personal health information with law enforcement, right? Like, how much should you disclose, right? And what if the client didn't sign an ROI? Right? Do, do you continue disclosing um, sensitive information like, like the drugs that they took or the mental health symptoms that they're experiencing? You know, usually when people are in crisis, uh, providers tend to work more closer together to provide a smoother uh, 
pathway uh, to care for the clients, right? But it's always tricky. It's always tricky discussing uh, personal health information about clients with others. And so how do you react to to those situations where you feel the obligation to, but you also have to honor the uh, privacy and the confidentiality of, of your clients because they have yet to give you that permission, right? And they can always rescind it too, right? That's a very important lesson I learned from my uh, coworker. Um, you know, when clients sign the release, they can always say, no, I don't give you permission anymore to discuss my case with others, right? And so it's, you know, it's a very unsettling and just, it's just a very tough situation to be in, right? And this is what ethical dilemmas look like, right? It's a situation where there's no... Uh, you're being pulled in two different directions, right? Um, within the code of ethics, the NASW code of ethics, and how do you resolve the, the discrepancy uh, that exists within these two... Uh, code of ethics clashing with each other, right? There's not going to be an easy solution as I learned from, uh, from UC Berkeley's MSW program. Sometimes you just have to make the, a decision that is satisfactory enough during that moment and in the short term, right? It could feel like a band-aid in some ways. But at the same time, too, maybe you don't have to make those decisions, right? Maybe it's something that will be discussed with your supervisor and then your supervisor ultimately uh, makes the decision and takes the responsibility for it, right? And that's also another way that supervisors have your back, right? When they're willing to put their license on the line to protect you, you know that you're doing uh, you're doing a good job, right? You're, you did the right thing to consult with them. And chances are no one's going to lose their license. Everything's going to be okay. But it's important to say that, right? To, to have the supervisor say, I got your back. I'm willing to put my license on the line for it. You're going to be okay, right? I mean, it's... You know, that's how you... Yeah, it's really cool, right? It's just, that's how you know that the agency's got your back, right? And so as you can see from all these uh, interesting lessons that I've shared with you, there's a lot of conversations that could be had about social work with coworkers. And the more you talk about it, the more you develop a routine to talk to them about it, the more interesting the conversations get, right? 
And sometimes it gets political too, right? Things, the reality is our work is value-based, but it also follows regulations from the county, the state, and the federal government, right? And when there's different parties in charge and the way they conduct their businesses, then regulations over time trickle down to us, right? And we feel the stress. And so you get insight during those moments that if you have to do more than you have to for some reason and you don't know why, well, it has something to do with the regulations, right? From the state or federal government. And what can you do, right? What can you do to practice self-care, but also advocate for your clients whenever you see systemic inequities, right? When you're trying to dismantle systems of oppression, what do you, how do you do this in a way that's trauma-informed, that uh, does not break the rules, and as a result, you'll lose your licensure? So all fascinating questions um, or just conversations to be had with your fellow social workers so that we could all learn lessons together on how to become a better social worker. So with that said, um, I think I'll call it, you know, a day today and uh, I want to thank you again for listening to the to today's episode uh, and so I hope you um, can see that there's a lot of important conversations to be had about social work with social workers and the more that you do it the more interesting those conversations will become it's gonna be a very lively discussion that's for sure so um, so again, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Uh, thank you again for listening and have a good night.